Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the best movie of all time, Back to the Future, one clock-filled minute at a time. <laughs> it's another clock. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Menez in the news. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson from TDC, or The Doctor's Companion, I guess, as you would call it. Yep. I, I don't, not, uh, I wouldn't assume that anyone listening to this show knows what that is. So. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. It's got to be some crossover. I mean, Time Machine. Maybe. A little bit. But those people would already be listening to the show then. And if we want new listeners for Doctor's Companion. That's why we do everything. Anyway, yeah, Cassandra's <laughs> our co-host at The Doctor's Companion, the Doctor Who podcast that we do at the doctor's companion.us so reviewing the best tv show of all time one episode at a time <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the show this week cassandra Hello. um so today we are going back to minute 11 which begins with marty uh telling telling jennifer uh that they could lie out under the stars and she tells him to stop it and ends with uh, Marty asking Jennifer, "Where were we?" After after they were interrupted, arguably like our like the our, our sexiest minute yet. I would say so. Yeah, sure. I would say inarguably, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so one thing that I noticed right off the bat, uh, I I don't think I was paying that close of attention to what Marty was wearing. Um, but do you notice he's wearing a Star Trek pen or at least it looks like he's wearing a Star Trek pen? Yeah, I yeah. noticed the pen. Um, I thought it was just like a weird, like eighties band, but I don't, I don't, I'm not that familiar with my Star Trek. So maybe it is, maybe it is a Star Trek pen. Well, I mean, he does make a Star Trek reference later in the movie. Well, yes. Yeah. So he is, he's, he's familiar with Star Trek. Yeah. Maybe he's a closet Trekker. Maybe he is, but you know, I mean, you know, we as we learn, uh, his dad is definitely you know a, a tr- you know a trekkie trekker. So maybe like when you know he was growing up, they would like watch it. Oh yeah, maybe. I think it's even on the right, like the correct side where the insignia would be. Yeah. So I think Marty's just a giant nerd. Yeah, yeah I he's think a so. giant nerd. <laughs> I can't tell what the other button is. Like, I can see one is a guitar, but I don't know what the the, the circular pin is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Some sort of band logo of some sort, I think. But I can't figure out what it is. I do like the two different shades of denim on his jacket, though. It's a, it's a controversial move, but he pulls it off. He does. It's good. <laughs> it's very good. Um, so, I, I think it's funny that... She asked him, does your mom know? Because, I mean, it seems like this is a PG movie, so they don't really come out and say what they're planning. But it seems like they're (laughs) planning a trip in which they're going to have sex for the first time. Oh, for the first time. That's what it seems like to me. I don't know, man. I mean, Dave, I don't know. I just... I don't know how old they are. I don't know what year they're supposed to be, but I don't know, man. They're I'm just getting vibes that, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the reason I say that is because of something that comes up in a later minute. So I'll bring it up again there. Okay. Yeah. But, I'm probably blanking on, on that. Yeah. But I, uh, it, it seems like 
it seems like a weird thing that you would bring up with your mom. Like, oh yeah, hey, mom. I'm- so I'm going up there with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, Jennifer to uh, light the black flame candle. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't care who, what kind of mom you have. It's not something that you bring no, up. No, I've no. I don't. With your you know, mother. friends are always like, okay, so like, I love my mom. I'm pr- I'm I'm honest enough with them, but then you always hear like, oh, I tell my parents everything. We talk about parties I go to. I'm like, what kind of weird conversation is? I I don't want to talk to my parents about like the dumb stuff I've done. No. Right. I don't know. I always I always uh, that those kind of relationships always perplex me. Very much so. What I, what what I, what is your opinion I don't on know. the whole I, thing? I feel like it it would be less weird if like the conversation was reverse like if like jennifer was talking to her mom about it because that's mm-hmm. like a a lady thing sure. uh but uh i don't know yeah and we also learn a lot uh a lot of secondhand information about uh mrs mcfly mm-hmm. from marty mm-hmm. um she seems to be a very conservative lady yeah not into the hanky panky not, not the kind of May. person that you could say mom getting laid yeah <laughs> Mom, I'm going to going to lay the pipe. See you on Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like. She doesn't strike me as someone who would be like, "Okay, well, here's a condom. Be prepared, yeah, son." Yeah. Like Jennifer Parker, I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so uh, she Jennifer seems to. I like that Jennifer is the type of girl that just defends everyone that Marty badmouths. Like yeah, during this Marty. whole conversation up to this this bench that they're sitting on, uh, he's she like she like defends Doc to Marty. She defends Marty's dad and Marty's mom. <laughs> like, she's just trying to make you respectable. Yeah, and she's uh, not doing a very good job. Yeah, she's she's yeah. I don't I don't get. I mean, like you know, I mean, and there's we learn about um, Lorraine's opinion of Jennifer in later scenes, but. I don't know, like, like Jennifer seems like the kind of girl that, like, parents would flip out over. Yeah, you'd think so. Like, she's, like, you know, she dresses like, like a, like a, like a young kindergarten teacher straight out of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seems, like, pretty, like, open-hearted and not very, like, cynical. Mm-hmm. She you know, I mean, she constantly grooms herself. Yeah, when, Marty's, saying, we're not ta- when Marty's just talking to her about his mom, she's like looking down and she's like picking pieces of thread off of her pants. Yeah, almost kind of OCD. Like we're not yeah. talking about Annie Potts and like Pretty and Pink here. I don't know. Like, yeah, it seems like Marty's kind of worked up about nothing. Yeah, you would think so. You would think so, but then uh, you know yeah. you meet Lorraine, right? Um, I'm I'm fascinated by the uh, the. The white lie that Marty constructs, where he's like, "Oh no, like she thinks I'm going camping with the guys." I'm like, "Who are the guys?" I assume the other pinheads. Yeah, but like, we it's interesting because we just discussed um last quote last week uh that I it doesn't seem like Marty really knows the pinheads because it's just a random group of like friends. Yeah, well, I mean, not even I'm, friends. He just looks like a random group of four guys. Yeah, like he <laughs> he just like kind of like put put a note up on the cafeteria call board. Yeah. You know, it like, seems like they would be the kind of band that they would they would show up and like it would just be all business, you know? Yeah. And then they they don't like hang out and drink together or anything like that. And they don't really <laughs> hang out after the shows they play. Like they sure. feel like that kind of band. They're like uh, like Blink-182 after they got back together. 
Oh. <laughs> like they tour in different buses and everything. Oh no. Uh yeah, does Marty have friends? Does Marty have a gang besides uh doesn't besides, seem like it. Besides Doc know. and Ine? I I feel like there is something in I think it's like a, a future minute, so maybe I should save it. That was Yeah, that save would, it. Yeah, that would point towards Marty either being like hang out with the, the band dudes or whatever, but uh Yeah. Save yeah. it. Um, so then they're about to kiss and they get interrupted by the save the clock tower lady. One of the most iconic film characters of all time. Yeah. I just, I love how she, she interrupts them by sticking that can between their face, save the clock tower and they stop kissing and they look at her and she just says it again. (laughs) Save the clock tower. Like she says it as a save the clock tower, save the clock tower. And then she immediately launches into like an obviously pre-rehearsed. Like monologue, yeah. About like she's been giving this speech all day, which it's like okay. So Mayor Goldie Wilson is sponsoring an initiative to replace the clock. Who cares? Fixing it, like you're it's fixing broken. the clock. It's broken, right? It's exactly. a broken. It wasn't like it was like it wasn't like it was struck by lightning, and then like that lightning, like started a great fire. It doesn't even seem like a very particularly important event right it's called what what is that called where you fix up old stuff uh restore yeah he's restoring it it's a broken clock in the center of town yeah he's he's restoring it she's like no it's part of our history and our heritage so take the clock and put it in a museum but let's get a good working clock up there (laughs) yeah like they're not he's not gonna he's not like he's gonna tear down the building and build like a, a condo he just wants to fix the clock right exactly yeah, I understand that lightning struck it or whatever. And well, you don't important. think they haven't been fixing the Great Wall of China? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, uh, growing up, there was, there was this mall. In um, Hope, Indiana. In, no, in, in Columbus, <laughs> Indiana, actually. The, oh, okay. the bigger The bigger city. Um, gotcha. That was like uh, right, 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 you know, 20, 10, 15 minutes out of mm-hmm. Hope. Um, so in Columbus, Indiana, there's this, there's this mall called the Commons Mall and inside the Commons Mall, there was a, it was like built in the seventies and there was a sculpture that had like these balls on it that told time somehow, or were supposed to tell time. And the thing with the sculpture was that it was like on a motor. So like the time, the balls would go through this like whole, like rigmarole, like randomness, you know, like those sculptures that are just like a bunch of tubes and stuff. Sure. And, yeah. So it's one of those and it's supposed to like spin around and like gyrate and all this stuff, but all the gyration and motor and everything was broken and the balls weren't timed to be a clock anymore because the gyrating stuff didn't work. And so it was just this dead, stupid sculpture that did <laughs> nothing sitting in the middle of this mall. And there was a, a, a period like I, I want to say I want to say it was probably damn near 10 years at this point um, where they wanted to tear this mall down because uh, no – the only thing that was in there was like a Sears and uh, – a it was a Sears and, a, and the license branch and a, and a movie theater, a dollar theater. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to tear the mall down because there was nothing else in there. Oh, and then like some restaurants because business people downtown would like go there and get lunch. But – they wanted to tear the mall down and sort of like open it up and make it sort of more of an outdoor kind of mall, right? Yeah. But if they were if they were going to do that, they would have had to get rid of the sculpture. 
And the whole town threw a fit that they were going to take the sculpture down. And so after two years of them not being able to touch this building because no one wanted them to move that sculpture, they came to the understanding that they would build a self-sustaining, self-sustaining like building around the sculpture so that the sculpture wasn't moved. So they had to basically replan the whole area That's to so make weird. sure that the sculpture didn't move and stayed in exactly the same place inside. Even though it's an outdoor mall. That's <laughs> it still doesn't do anything. It's what? still broken. It's just... <laughs> just, you know, man, pointless nostalgia. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean... Look, the only reason the clock tower is famous is because of Back to the Future. <laughs> you know, unless you're aware of Doc and Marty's adventures, that's just a broken clock. That got that struck by no, lightning once. That got struck by lightning once. 30 years ago. 30. You know how many things have been struck by lightning this year? Yeah. We don't save them. You don't. Yeah. They're either they're either dead oh or destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even and like you know what you know what's funny this clock both of those things yeah you know what okay it's, like it's dead if, and destroyed it's like oh Hurricane Sandy blew through this town and like that clock I know I know I know I know that didn't happen in California but like you know what I mean where it's like you know this this was the only building that survived the Great Earthquake of 1922 you know what I mean mm-hmm. right like okay that that's pretty dope this clock was struck by lightning once in 1955 no one died. It wasn't even a particularly bad storm. It was just a lightning storm. And the clock's been broken. You know, like yeah. I don't know. I I'm I'm with Mayor Goldie Wilson on this. I think progress is his middle name. <laughs> I think so. It's probably uh, like the the most exciting thing that's ever happened to this town. <laughs> one time something yeah. was struck by lightning. Lightning struck that clock sixty yeah. years ago. Like you know, this like- is the town where goddamn rock and roll was invented. But like. The- <laughs> They're but trying, not yet, not in this timeline. Not, I know. Okay, that's very true. Yeah. Um, a fun fact about, uh, say, the clock tower lady who was never given a, uh, a name, which I always thought was a shame. Uh, her name was Elsa Raven. Okay. And uh, she uh, she previously worked with uh, Steven Spielberg in uh, the Twilight Zone movie as a nurse number two. Oh. And uh, she also, uh, her other in, big... In Steven Spielberg's segment? I don't know the segment. I just know that she played nurse number two. Okay. Um, and uh, her other big screen credit, uh, although she's you know she's she you know she's a consummate character actor. She has over seventy three credits on IMDb. But uh, her other big role is uh, she seems Ida- like the eighties equivalent to um, what, what what's that woman's name that was in like Pushing Daisies and Donnie Darko and Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. Yeah, her. I yeah. know we all we all know who you mean. Yeah, uh, she doubts your commitment to Sparkle Motion, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, and she was also she played the character Ida Strauss in Titanic. Oh, so Elsa Raven. Yeah. Um. So speaking of her, she has this can and she's shaking it at them, and Marty finally gives her a quarter. Here, lady, here's a quarter. In the most what? condescending, like, oh, tone right. possible. Right, and she's very pleased about the quarter. Yeah, oh, oh a quarter, 1985. This is, like, $2. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, don't forget to take a flyer. And every time she does that, it just reminds me of that, uh, that, uh, uh, what's his name? What's what's that, what's that comic's name? The, 
<laughs> Every time somebody gives you a flyer, it's like they're saying, here, you throw this away. What <laughs> 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 comic is that? I forget the guy's name now. Uh, our listeners are like... They're yeah, all screaming right. at us. Sorry, yeah. I'm looking it up. Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg! Damn it. Yeah, it's that Mitch Hedberg you, bit where he you says... Beat, you beat me by the Every time somebody hands you a flyer, it's like they're saying, here, you throw this away. <laughs> Uh, like, uh don't forget to take a flyer it's like it's so like it's so specific and specifically yeah. pointed out in this and the reason is because you know obviously the flyer comes back to play in a big way in the movie sure but yeah. it's just so funny there's a lot in this out movie, of context it's just really funny there's a lot in this movie that if it isn't in one of the most perfect screenplays of all time makes no sense yeah here, take, don't forget to take a flyer. You know, for a souvenir, I guess. I don't yeah. know. You know, for Act Two. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't have any information on it. It's just like save the clock tower, and it's like, right. oh, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? So, like, right. Throw it. On You're supposed to save. You're, they're, they're supposed <laughs> to save the clock tower, right? Sandra. Also, what? What? Okay, if if Mayor Wilson's initiative is to replace the clock, why is she collecting money? What is she collecting to, money for? What are they going to gonna not, do with to, the money? To not save the clock? Right, right. Like, wh- how does that cost any money? It's yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this is a scam. I think it's a. I think it's a scam. Yeah. I don't think. I may, maybe maybe Mayor Wilson isn't even planning on replacing the clock. Maybe, maybe this woman is like is just a really smart panhandler. Yeah, she's pretending to be. She's like those people that are like, "Hi, I'm selling like." Yeah, I'm raising money so like my basketball team can get new jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, I'm 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 selling uh, I'm selling these things so that we can go to space camp. <laughs> the here I'm be space camp. Here I made these uh, these bracelets with prayers inside of them. <laughs> give give me ten dollars. Yeah. Oh man, she's scamming um, him. Yeah, no, she said this man that. That like destroys my entire universe, right? And I mean, she's kind of like the uh, she's like the music man of Hill Valley. Yeah. <laughs> What's um? Oh, do you guys notice at ten oh four? There's a guy in the background, like by by the courthouse. He's he's on a bike and he's reading while on a bike. Really? I'm telling you, man, Hill Valley. Yeah. He's right. He's riding a bike and leaning across the bars, holding a book and reading it while he's biking. That's some talent right there. And then, and then a, a, a dad and his kid like walk by, and they're both just like turning around and looking at him incredulously. <laughs> like, are, can you believe this guy? Did you see that, son? This guy's gonna get hit by a car. I noticed, never do yeah, that. No, I noticed the kid. I oh, and the son, like the like... son, almost. <laughs> The the little boy almost like trips on the camera, and it's really <laughs> yeah. it's really great. Yeah, I thought he was just dancing. I didn't know he was looking at this freak of nature reading a book yeah. on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, my I, most- I, shit. All, all I see every time when when I see that guy on the bicycle reading the book, I'm just like, man, has anyone? I mean, did anybody tell Belle about this guy? Because. <laughs> I mean, that's, seriously, that's, like this is this is the man that she's meant to be with. Like, you yeah. know, whatever Beast is a <laughs> emotional, be emotionally abusive. This guy seems like the way to go. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody go back to seventeenth century France. 
<laughs> go get Bell. Can you imagine this guy going down the sidewalk and then someone else reading a magazine or a newspaper walking in the like the other direction and they just like eat the dirt like just runs <laughs> over a pedestrian? No, 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 no. I just, I just, I just thought. Okay, say, say instead of. Instead of 17th century France, Beauty and the Beast took place in Hill Valley in 1985. <laughs> and Belle was walking around town reading her book in a very, you know, Rory Gilmore sort of way. And they pass by each other. You know what the tragedy of the two of them are? They, would they never wouldn't see, see each other. Each other. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Isn't that the saddest uh, thing? Unless, unless the bicyclist, like, bumps into Rory. She drops her book and she's like, "Hey, watch it!" And then he's like, "Whoa!" And then it's like, you know, the and sound then he of gets doves hit by a bus and dies. And then he died. <laughs> then he did. <laughs> there we go. Never mind. <laughs> Roy's like, "Well, another guy I accidentally killed." Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Moby Dick, and then she turns back to her book. Oh my god! It keeps walking. That's what it was happening off screen. During this Save the Clock Tower lady's speech. <laughs> trying to do those weird musical interludes that Gilmore Girls always had. Uh, all right. Well, anybody else have you, you got anything else for this minute? No, it's only Monday and we already brought up Gilmore Girls again. Yeah. I, I mean, that's going to be an ongoing problem. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, I guess I guess that's it for uh, minute eleven. Uh, another another good start to the week. Uh, in the in the meantime, um, we'll be back tomorrow with minute twelve. In the meantime, you can email us contact at backtothefutureminute.com. Follow us on Twitter at BTTF Minute or Tumblr, bttfminute.tumblr.com. Our website is backtothefutureminute.com. Find the post of this episode and leave a comment and please uh, leave iTunes reviews and all that good stuff. And if you want more of uh, Nick and I, uh, go check out our other podcast, Not Writing, uh, and The Doctor's Companion, which we do with Cassandra. And of course, subscribe to Geek by Night uh, before its premiere in January. So. There you go. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Minute 12. Bye. Bye. Bye.